Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I am here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to thank you for uh, hopping on this live podcast interview. Uh, We have a very special guest that I'm excited to uh, have on the show. So we we do a lot of talking about real estate and specifically uh, how that affects, uh, you know, African-Americans. And, you know, we had a, a great topic, a great conversation on our Instagram feed and this young lady uh, offered some insight. So we definitely, you know, had to have her on the show. We want to um, not just give statistics and things like that, but also give you information on how you can become a homeowner, how we can uh, change the the gap in home ownership uh, in the African-American community. So without further ado, we have real estate agent, uh, Brittany Ramos. Brittany, thank you for being on the show with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you too. And I love everything that you're doing. The community needs more people like you too. It's amazing. So thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you. Yeah. And so just to get us started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who are not familiar with your work? So um, my name is Brittany. Um, I'm a realtor in the city of Los Angeles. I service the surrounding areas. Um, I majored in international business. I graduated from Loyola Marymount University. Um, when I graduated, um, I started working in with government contracts, and I was doing that for over 10 years. Um, and then I actually dove into real estate during the pandemic. Um, yeah. Um, and I have my husband, he's amazing. I've been with him for (laughs) 11 years. Um, and we've been married two years. Um, but, and then I have some of my friends that I love. I think they're, they're tuning into, um, and we have our foster daughter. She's been in our life since she was one. Um, and we're in the process of adopting her. So she's now 10. She's now 10. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. Um, I'm all about empowering and uplifting people and educating them. And so that's why I'm so just excited to be on the show today. Really happy to have you. And we're live. And so I know that we have a few folks who have joined uh, into this conversation today. And so we hope to hear from some of you all who have, who have logged on and we want to see your comments and yes. your questions. So let us know that, that you're here. You know, Let us know your name or what you're looking to get out of today's conversation as well. So one of the questions that we had for you is what led you to become a real estate agent? 
you know what? I've always had a passion to help people. And as a child, being a real estate agent, it always seems so glamorous. And it, everyone knows buying a home is one of the biggest purchases that anyone will make in their life for the most part. Um, and just to be a part of that process, I think is just so fulfilling and rewarding. Um, and it's, it's just a big deal to me. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. That's great. Now, Brittany, we were kind of, um, what kind of led us to connecting with you is we were having a discussion about renting versus owning. What are your thoughts on that as a real estate agent? What's what your thoughts on renting as opposed to owning your home? Yeah. Like some of the benefits. Yes. You know what? Oh, there's so many benefits, um, to renting versus owning. You know what? I like to look at it like a cup. So when you're renting, you're like filling up the cup, but there's a hole at the bottom. <laughs> and so you're, you're just going and you're paying into something that you'll never own. Um, and especially like with the pandemic right now, um, if you're renting, you can't, you can't customize things. So let's say you want to paint your walls or you have to ask for permission. Um, let's say you want to move in your family members because they lost their job. Okay. Hold on. The landlord has to get the, you have to get the okay from your landlord. Um, there's certain things like that. That's just like red flags. If they want to come in your house and do an inspection, they, they, you know, they can, they can come in of course with notice. Um, so like there's little things like with renting, um, that just are annoying, you know, to me. <laughs> um, but when you buy, you are investing in an asset. So when you're renting, you're paying somebody else's mortgage, but when you're buying, you're paying your own mortgage. Um, you're putting the money back, like how you two have done with your home and, and you took, pulled out equity and, and purchased other properties. And so um, it's really, truly an investment when you buy. You're investing in yourself. You're building generational wealth. And I think that was one thing that I put on the comments. Um, and to be honest with you, that's how a lot of people become millionaires is through property. Um, my great aunt, she lives in Los Angeles and she's in View Park, I want to say. She bought her home for $50,000 um, and now it's worth almost $2 million. Um, So, you know, when she goes on to be with the Lord, um, you know, her kids are, are by default going to be millionaires. So um, it's, it's just the thing. It, there's so many tax benefits to, to owning your property. Um, it's, it's just a, amazing. So you want to kind of, we kind of want to get as black when people in period in general, we want to get out of the cycle of just renting um, because it's, it's, it's that cup with the hole at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a perfect analogy. And so our next question is what are some common mistakes that you, that you find that first time home buyers make? And I had an interesting conversation with Marcus about a week ago and we're talking about some of our mistakes when we purchased, um, our first home, which was a condo some years back. Um, but, but what are you generally seeing? Yeah. And we might be able to get into some of ours too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would love for you two to share about that. You know what? I think one of the biggest things there's, there's several, but um, one of the biggest mistakes is you look for a home without getting a pre-approval. So I see that as, you know what? I'm going to the Mercedes dealership. And I have, but I'm on a Kia budget, right? you know, and nothing's wrong with the Kia, <laughs> nothing's wrong with the Kia, but you know, I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. So I think that that is so important to get a pre-approval um, so that you can, we can kind of 
look in the right area for you and you don't get your hopes up and get disappointed. Um, and I don't know if when you guys purchased your property, did you guys get a quote from at least a, at least one, like two lenders to make sure you guys were getting the best rate? Um, yeah. and I, I think on our first primary residence, we didn't because we were kind of newbies. Uh, but yeah, when we got into the investment game, then we definitely uh, on our last house, we got a few different uh, a few different quotes from lenders. Right. But I, I like I like the point that you're talking about um, as far as managing your expectations yeah. and making sure that you get that pre-approval first. Like, I think that is really, really important. Mm -hmm. and, and another thing, too, that I see that a lot of um, buyers do, they co-sign, they take out credit, like they open up a whole bunch of credit cards or close a bunch of credit cards. Um, they they do a, a lot of applying for credit, which you shouldn't. And, and the co-signing thing, I think, is, is a really big one or, or buying your furniture, going to Bob's furniture, or Ashley's furniture and taking out these things and buying your furniture and things before you get your house, which affects your credit. And you might not be able to, to get your loan financed um, by having huge car notes, um, buying a car before you get your house and things like that. So um, that affects your buying power. So I think that, that those are a couple of the mistakes that, that a lot of first time buyers do. And not, you know what, another big one, not getting a home inspection. Wow. Did you guys get a home inspection we for did. your condo? Yeah, we, we, we did, but this is where we uh, messed up. <laughs> Well, there's a couple things that we felt went wrong. Um, one being that the real estate agent that we went to literally only showed us homes in like a five mile radius mm -hmm. in like not a great neighborhood. Right. So that's not that's horrible. Um, and then we we purchased a condo, which we'll probably never do again. For some people, it works. Um, but what we were told is that at our at our um, I'll call it a condo plex. They said that our HOA fees covered the garbage and the water. That's what the real estate agent told us. And it turned out that that was not the case and that those were costs that we had to pay out of pocket. But had we read the fine print, um, I think in the home inspection, we would have seen that. But yeah, so it was just like little things that just did not. It was just like we just have to we have to make sure that we are um, watching out you know, for us. And I think that's why it's a really good reason to go with a real estate agent that you know and that you trust. And this person was a stranger. We were just excited and right. just kind of went with anybody. Right, right. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you guys. And I recommend that everyone read the documents, read them and reread them. Don't, you know, we get excited and we want to sign. And right now we're doing a lot of DocuSign, DocuSigning. Yeah. So we just want to sign, sign, you know, give me the keys, give me the keys. But it's so important to read everything. Um, and one other thing that I have on my list um, is overlooking uh, another common mistake is overlooking these all of these programs and grants that are available to you because it can help you with your closing costs, with your down payment. It can be money, more money in your pockets that you can save. So I don't know if, if you guys were able to to do that, get any programs or with your closing costs or down payment. You know, we weren't, uh, Brittany, and I know you said that uh, you mentioned that in the comments uh, on uh, Instagram, and I was really intrigued by that. I think you you mentioned that there are programs that can help you with your down payment too. Even you know, like there's subsidies there. Could you go into some of that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people might not even really know about. Yes. So you know what? It all depends on um, one your area, um, your current financial situations, too, your credit, 
Um, there's programs out there. There's one that, that comes to mind, um, the NACA program, NACA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard of NACA? I've heard of it. Okay, so it's 0% down, zero closing costs, and they don't care about your credit. So there's so many different programs out there like that. Um, there were other programs in, in different cities um, that are right now on hold because of COVID, but they were offering $100,000 assistance towards your house to lower your payment and to encourage home buying. Um, so it's, it's so many things out there. And so that's why it's good to like consult with a professional like myself um, yes. so we can find out what works best for you. Because it, 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 at the end of the day, the goal is for you to get into the home that you want and to have as much money in your pocket as possible. Right, Absolutely. right. I think at the, well, at the time when we purchased our, our condo, um, we used our income tax refund as our down payment. And so nice. that helped us out a lot. We really didn't have any out of pocket costs with that. Yeah. So, um, so just something to think about. Right. So, so Brittany, a lot of times, um, uh, we see, or we hear about people who overbuy, right? So yeah. what are some key factors that people can, uh, look to, to determine how much home they can afford? You know what you want to look at your debt to income ratio. Okay. Um, whatever you're paying in rent, we, we recommend that you not go over double that. Um, and lenders typically are go around the range of 30 to 36% of your gross income. Um, and they're really just looking at your, your, your credit score, your debt to income ratio. They're looking at those things, but they're not factoring in your lifestyle. Like how many trips are you going on? How many parties are you having? What's your shopping habits? What's your yeah, anything, you know, all of these different things, they don't factor in your utility bills. You might be living in a two bedroom apartment, but now you're moving into a four bedroom house. Your, your utility bills are going to go up by default. Um, so you definitely have to look at your budget and see what you're comfortable with. And then think long term too. the job you're at. Well, right. are, are you going to get a promotion? You know, do you plan on getting a raise? Is it stable? You know, there's so many different things to, to look at. You know, are you on your way out? Are you retiring? If you're retiring, your income is going to lower. So then you need to factor that into your, your down payment. So don't overbuy. I, I say don't necessarily look at the purchase price, but look at your monthly payment and you see, look at it and compare it and see, like, does it go with your lifestyle? Can you can you fit this into your budget? And so you typically want to be around 30 to 36 percent. OK, that's good. Yeah, if you're gross. Hi, this is Taylor and Cameron, and you're listening to the Black Maiden Deputy Podcast. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I wanted to pause really quickly for everyone who are, are listening. Thank you for being on. Keep sending us your questions. We're going to uh, hit those at the end. So keep sending us your questions and then stay, stay on because we're definitely going to get to those. Um, so that's, that's great. Uh, Brittany, I think that that's key. I think a lot of times um, people buy so high that they, you know, they're at the top of their, their budget on the monthly payment and then there's no opportunity for anything else, you know, and that's, 
we we encourage home ownership because of the, all the benefits that we're laying out and we're gonna going to go into. But we also want to make sure there's room for investing and make sure there's room for yes. you know sending kids to college and things like that. You know, so it's about that balance. So I love that 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 percentage that you laid out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so another question we wanted to ask is around um, your your um, house purchase. Um, yeah. How much do folks typically put down for a house? So how much money would one need to get into a house? And what a lot of people want to know is, can I afford a home on a low income? Yes, 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 yes. So there's different programs. So you have like FHA, your first time home home buyer programs. You want to have at least 3.5% down. Um, That's somewhere, that's a good area to be in. But like if you're a veteran, you're in a, a military person, um, you actually have, I think it's called the VA no-no. So you don't pay any down payments, no down payment, no closing costs. Um, so it really depends. But 3.5% is a comfortable space to be. But like I said, there are programs that you don't have to pay anything, you know, or assist you with a um, a second loan. So they'll put it on the back end. So you might say, you know what? I don't even have any money for my down payment. But wait, there's programs out there that you'll borrow it and it'll go on the back end of your mortgage. So at the end of 30 years, you have to pay it back. Or at or if, if at 30 years, zero interest, anything. And so it's pretty much like borrowing money for free. But it's getting you into your home, you know, that you can build equity to. So you won't have to pay it back for 30 years or until you sell the property or until you refinance. So there's some that are loans and there's some that are grants where you don't have to pay it back at all. It's like a gift. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what would be some of the qualifications for a program like that? So it all depends. So um, sometimes it's your income. Sometimes, like it, like I said, the area, it depends. So it, it's all like a case-by-case situation, if that definitely, makes sense. Yeah, definitely encourage folks to look more into those uh, programs because, I mean, like they always say, there's there's money out there, you know, but a lot of times we just don't know, okay, what where do I go, you know? So mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's why it's so important to link with a professional because they know, you know, and and one thing is my job to stay knowledgeable about those different programs. And the way that I do that is to stay connected with my preferred lenders. And when I talk with them, um, they're telling me, look, Brittany, because things are changing, even with COVID, you know, so many things are changing. You used to be able to only borrow 50% of your 401k, but now with COVID, you can pull out 100%. And borrow your own money. So things are constantly changing programs, laws, and things like that. So it's just important to link up with someone who's knowledgeable because it's hard to keep up with all this stuff. Yeah. And so what creative ways have you seen that folks have like used to save for a down payment or to get um, funding for a down payment? Oh my goodness. Um, people, um, some people were talking about how they, they've done like dinners. So like everybody, look, I'm trying to, to, to buy a house, come buy my spaghetti and, and garlic bread dinner. <laughs> um, then different things. There's crowdsourcing. That's a big one right now, like a GoFundMe or um, when people get married or birthdays or Christmases, they say, you know what? We're trying to buy a house. So instead of giving us gifts, can you just cash at me? <laughs> can you send me a, write me a check? Um, doing different things, getting a, a second job temporarily or, or permanently. Ubering, there's so many things. Postmates, Uber Eats, you can do so many different things. Drive Lyft, you could do hair, nails, but 
taking that money, making sure you put it in the account and let it be seasoned. And they call seasoned money, money that's been in your account for at least three months. So there's so many different ways. Just, you know, you can, it's, it's the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. What, find out what you're created with COVID, make it mask, start making your mask, sell them, put the money aside. So it, yeah, you can think of a lot of things. Yeah. I think what's what, to speak more to what you're saying, Brittany, is the barrier of entry isn't as high as we think sometimes. I think a lot of us yes. think house and they, we think down payment. And we was like, I have to have all these so many thousands upon thousands of dollars. But one, they got programs that can get you in to your home uh, that, you know, you're breaking down. And then 3.5%. If you think about that, that's not a large, large sum of money. If you can just get to that you know, you can, you can really do it. Like Shara said, we use our income tax check. Now the times were a bit different. Home prices were a little bit lower, but depending on what market you're in, you, you may be able to get a house for the price that we got ours, you know, back in, in 2009. So thank you for that. Um, Brittany's now you live in LA. I'm in LA. Yes. Yep. Oh my we're about, a, we're in Sacramento. We're about an hour and 15 from San Francisco. Right. So we're talking about some really expensive markets for individuals living in those markets. What advice do you have for them? If it's just like, you know, this is, it's just too expensive to buy here. What, what would you say to that person? You know what? Um, there's a couple things you can do. Um, you can kind of go on your outskirts and you can say, you know what? This is too expensive. Let me just see, like I'm in LA. So I might say, you know what? Let me go and look a little bit further. Let me look in Palmdale. And the prices drop a hundred thousand, or um, the other West Covina, or you know, I can look on the outskirts. So that's an option. Um, I don't know. Did you guys want to live in your area, or, or we're kind of on a so we're kind of on an outskirt, like how you you said. Oh, okay. yeah, suburb. a suburb, a neighborhood of. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's an option. Um, another option is what I see a lot of other cultures do, and. Um, I'm sad that our culture doesn't do it, but they all pitch in, you know, like you, you get another sibling and you say, okay, look, we're going to use both of our incomes and we're going to get this property. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, another option is, is tag teaming, teaming up. Um, that definitely helps a lot. And then too, like I said, these programs, there's programs out there that, that encourage you to buy in your area and, and it'll help you, you know? So if, if you know about those programs, it helps to get you in there. So it, it's, it's not the end of the road if you think that it's too expensive. Like you said, just us getting over that mentality of this is too much. We can't do it. If, once we get over that bridge and we see it's possible, oh, smooth sailing. Now, yeah. before we go forward, Shire and Brittany, you touched on something. Now, we are family. So I want to ask this question. What <laughs> is it? Why don't us, why don't African-Americans do more living together what, what what is the psychology we want our privacy yeah it's that we, <laughs> you live with your mama now i know i'm going deep here y'all but is I'm it playing right into it <laughs> what, is the, what is the psychology of that because it's like you may have a family who they all want their own and it's and they they, they struggle wanting and living you know having their own little piece of something when if they pulled it together they could really live better and and we see like you said you see I other know. cultures doing that what, what, what do you think that is, uh, ladies? <laughs> you know what? Look, if my husband was over here, I don't know what he was, he was trying to chime in. You see, he said competition. You think it's competition? As, as a people, we compete. He said, as, as, can you guys hear him? He said, as a, as a yeah. people, we compete with each other more than anything else, than collaborating. Um, yeah. And then, too, 
Shy, like you were saying, I think you do want your own. You're like, oh, do I really, this cousin gets on my nerves. Or, do I really want to live with my mother-in-law? You know, she's kind of, uh, you know, I'm the only lady in my man's life. You know, I'm the queen of this house. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think that we were taught to stick together. Like, I, I can tell you other races, um, like my Latinos in particular, they go and it'll be three families bought a house, you know, together. And they see the bigger picture is that, you know, it's not that this is forever, but this is something that we can we can build equity and then we can go our separate ways. We can buy, we can go and use, we can buy each other out, at, you know, if we just love this house or just use that as a platform, a stepping stone. And right. I think too, as black people, we're not as educated, like we're not educated in that area. Like we're not, it's like separation, you know, like, it's really deep. I, I mean, it, yeah. it's really deep. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, how to... It's, it's a de- definitely a deep conversation, Brittany, but you touched on some great, some great things. And I totally am in agreement with, with a lot of that. Sean, I know. What, what I'm thoughts? curious to see if anyone has put anything in the comments. Yeah. 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 I think this would be a good time yeah, to just... go to the, <laughs> to do that. So, uh, my, my, my man, Austin says broken spirits throughout childhood, uh, gives us a flawed sense, uh, a sense to, to prove ourselves, mm-hmm. which causes division. Yeah, that I like. Yeah, that, speaks to that, yeah. that competition too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, we, so I guess it'll be a good time to kind of fish through some of the comments. You can uh, stay on leave on this screen. Okay, this this is from a probably a comment from earlier in our conversation. Uh, someone says another option is to leave California. We've had this conversation amongst ourselves, but I think we're gonna stay, yes. um, stay. But with friends and with family um, because times have changed and like um, the houses are they're so expensive and I mean. For some folks, they are considering leaving uh, California. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I remember there was a point in time I was much younger where I thought I would never be able to afford a home because the prices just kept going up, 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 up. So right. I don't know. You know what? I think that, Judith, that is an option. I know a lot of people choose to leave California when they retire be, like and go to Texas, for instance, because their money can can stretch longer. Um, but what I can tell you about California is we're going to always have the best weather. Ooh. Check, uh, yes. you know, and, and we're always going to have jobs out here, in, in my opinion. So when you have the, the good weather, you have the jobs. there's always going to be um, a demand. So there's always going to be a demand. So if you can get property out here, you're ahead of the game and you're winning. Um, because th- the prices are going to go up, even if you decide to rent it out, the rent just keeps going up. I-, I can't remember a time and that when just rent just started decreasing and dropping. Yeah. yeah. So very true. Yeah. Very true. We got some great comments. Something. We got some good comments. We'll come back to those really later. Appreciate y'all. We're going to, we're going to oh. definitely dig on those. Say something. But I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember, but that's true. And we've, a lot of people are moving to Texas. I wonder if the Texans want us there. I um, know. Now, now, I, <laughs> now I remember. Um, when we think about leaving California, I try to remember why our relatives left the South. Um, so, you know, parts of my family, they left out of, you know, the, the deep too. South, yeah. Mississippi, Louisiana, and they came here. 
um, for a reason. So, but I don't know. I, I think to each his yeah. own. And yeah. it, it is getting harder. It's getting harder for, for intact families, you know, mm. for husband and a wife. You know, it's definitely difficult if you're by yourself. But even like families that are work, like middle class working families, it is difficult for a lot of folks. Yeah. Well, Brittany, so when when it comes to black home ownership, um, in your opinion, what needs to happen to increase uh, the 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 rate of black home ownership? We we did a statistic that forty seven percent of of African Americans own their home, and uh, roughly seventy three percent of uh, Caucasian Americans own theirs. So, what 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 needs to happen for us to kind of change that around? You know what. I think it starts with education. That's the biggest thing. It like the biggest thing. And that's why I'm so thankful for you guys and your platform. Um, just when people don't know, they can't it's hard to do. So we have to teach and let people know there's options available, you know, that that it is possible. Um, especially like I had a friend, she was gonna be working um in this project community. And in the project community, her job was to encourage people to get out of the projects. Um, and look, we'll give you, uh, I think it was a year worth free of rent, and but we're going to help you train and get out of here. Um, and it was so hard for the people. They're like, no, you know, my parents have Section 8. I'm going to have Section 8 and we're just going to live rent free. And so the cycle just it just continues. So I think if we break the cycle and we let everyone know, like, look, there's so many benefits to home ownership. You know, it, it, your kids, you build generational wealth. You care about your kids and your kids' kids, you know, and because our our, our parents um, and not all of them, but a majority of our parents didn't own, you know, or our grandparents didn't own, then it leaves us renting, you know, so we don't have that same advantage of other races where they're inheriting property. You know, we're still renting or we're still on Section 8, but you, you can even use Section 8 to buy. So um, yeah. we just have to, to, to educate ourselves and make people more knowledgeable that, look, come on, let's fix our credit. Let's get our credit together. Look, let's stop living hood rich, like having, having fancy cars, but pulling up to apartment complex, you know, um, and just showing them the benefits, the tax benefits, you know, the benefits that you can pull out money and you can buy and here and there and, and you can become a millionaire just to, from real estate. Like, I think that if we do that, like we'll, we'll be winning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that programs like um, Section 8, they they they're they're good. Um, but when we get comfortable or we get too afraid to step out, um, then it can really um, hinder our ability to build build wealth. I had an employee, too, um, that used to work for me and I was trying to give her hours. And I'm like, you're a great employee. And she told me no, because otherwise I'm going to lose my Section 8. And I was like, what? You know, so it wasn't it's, you only can cap at a certain amount, work a certain amount because before you lose your six, section eight. So she was holding on to. So like you said, Shai, I think it's a mindset thing where we just have to break out of it. Um, and it takes people like you guys leading the way and encouraging people and educating them to buy. You know, we can do it. Yeah. It shouldn't be that large gap there. It really shouldn't. Right. 
And that's that's kind of a I'm going back to the uh, like what you said about your employee. It feels like a flaw because you would think if you're able to work more hours, you can earn more money, that that behavior would be like re rewarded. But it's like, no, if you make more money, we're going to take away your housing. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's a, it's a benefit. But in some ways, it can be a, a trap unless you break out of it. So. Yeah. So, Brittany, we want to ask with everything going on in 2020 and Lord knows when this is going to end, hopefully sometime in 2021, yes. <laughs> but how has COVID-19 impacted the housing market and how do you foresee it impacting the housing market going forward? I love to ask uh, realtors this question because I feel like you guys have a, you know, a little more insight into things than the average Joe. So, yeah. you know what, um, with COVID a couple of things that I've seen, um, at first, there were so many buyers, so many buyers and not enough inventory, not enough houses. Um, and when COVID hit, the buyers, the amount of buyers, the competition, it shrunk a little bit because people started falling off because they were losing their jobs. Um, there was a house that one of my clients, um, she was able to get because it fell out of escrow. And it was, I was like, what happened that it fell out of escrow? It's a beautiful home. And it was because the buyer, the, fir the first buyer, they lost their job. So it, it's like COVID is causing people to lose their homes left and right. I mean, lose their jobs and, and we don't really know when is it going to happen. Um, and another thing I think with COVID to be on the lookout for it in 2021 is um, when these programs run out, this unemployment and things like that and these mortgage forgiveness, like mortgage deferments and things like that. Um, I honestly think people are going to end up losing their homes, unfortunately. And homes are going to be foreclosed upon. And the market is going to drop. And then I think that's if you can position yourself to buy when the market drops. Oh, you're winning. You're winning. So um, people are going to try to do short sales and sales so that, that they don't have a foreclosure on their record and, you know, to avoid the embarrassment. Because, yeah, people are still are not the jobs. So many people lost their jobs and they're not going to be able to get them back. Industries are not picking up. So um, COVID COVID has been a doozy for sure. Yeah. Um, but when some people are struggling, other people will be winning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So say that um, a person has been able to maintain their employment and are thinking about um, purchasing their first home or maybe an investment property. What are some steps that they can take to prepare for home ownership? You know what? For, for sure, keep your credit up. Um, you want to have at least... A 640. The higher your credit is, the better your interest rates will be. Um, so if you can get into the 700s, it's amazing. But if at least make sure your credit is at 640. Saving at least that that 3.5 percent. Um, I, I honestly encourage home buyers, first time home buyers, if you can get investment property, get a get a duplex, get a triplex, get a, a fourplex, um, and that way you can live in one, rent out the other. And that also the the other units count towards your buying power. It increases your buying power because most lenders will count 70% of that um, expected income as your income already. So you, you can buy. And when you do a FHA on a, a, a fourplex or, or any unit, more than one unit, um, you only put down that 3.5%. But if you're taking another route, like a conventional route, you might have to put down 20%. And that's high, you know, 20% is a lot compared to 3.5%.
Um, so I say for sure, when you're thinking about buying, make sure your credit is good. Try not to buy have big purchases like car, cars and furniture and taking out all these credit cards. Link up with your lender so that they can um, advise you on on how to move, what credit cards to open or close or and, and what to do, the do's and don'ts. Um, and also link up with a professional like myself or, or an agent wherever you are so that we can make a roadmap for you. And say, okay, look, okay, we're going to, you want this area? Okay, look, these are the programs available for you. So now I need you to save this much. Um, or you know what? You won't have to save anything like that. And so we just create a plan. We're going to look in these areas. So it, it, it's so much you can do, um, but but getting a professional that can link you to all the, the resources is, is a big step. Yeah. So how does one go about uh, finding a, a lender? Would that be the first step or would it be you know, connect with a real estate agent that might be able to connect you to a lender or what's your recommendation? You know what? I honestly, um, like I would prefer you would connect with me first so I can link you up with my preferred lenders because I can tell you, look, we band together like a team to get the job done, you know, and we can work uh, as a team. But if you happen to go and get a lender first, I can work well with anyone. (laughs) Um, But sometimes we've seen, I've seen during COVID that, um, big banks, like your Wells Fargo's and your Chase's, they decide to back out of your loan at the last minute, your funding. So you're you're in a situation when you're in escrow and, and they change their mind for whatever reason. Um, so it's really good to go with direct lenders. And um, you have a, a real estate agent that that um, links you with their what they know with someone who they know that that is proven to get the job done. It, it's you get it's amazing. So. Yeah, I say get link, link with your agent first. But if you have a credit union or someone, it, you can go either way. That's good. That's awesome. good stuff. Brittany. I've heard a lot of agents say just because you, you've built that relationship with your lender and sometimes conversations are a lot easier. I know with our first home, we got our lender first and then it was like the conversation between you, that lender and your real estate agent. It was just a lot of, you know, I missed him. I haven't gotten being able to get in contact with him. And right. if you're your real estate agent is working with someone that they're used to working with. Those conversations are, it's, you know, it's, right. It's you see me quicker. shaking my head because our first lender, he went and got the bird flu. Wasn't it the bird flu? He got the swine. We could not connect with him for like weeks. And yeah. I'm like, where have you been? He, he had, I don't even. Yeah, you're right. And, and like one of the lenders that I work with, um, we work closely together and i'm telling you if to get the job done we're texting 11 o'clock at night time midnight we're, we're in a group text we're trying to make the deal happen we're excited for you just as much as you are for yourself so um we make it happen so that it, it's hard when you have other lenders that you're not used to like you said it's a lot of time it's the runaround i couldn't reach them i could and that delays the process of closing and escrow and yeah it, it could be a mess Right. right. So I think we want to just see uh, yeah, maybe we'll, go ha- some of these we'll, we'll spotlight some of the questions and yeah. some of the comments. Um, Appreciate you guys. Throw, throw them up if you haven't already. Yeah. And thank you for just sticking around with us. We see one from Judith before buying a home, live on a budget for a minimum of six months and budget the amount you expect to pay for your new mortgage. I think that Ooh, that's a good one. Advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, and along that same lane, someone asked, uh, do you guys know of any home buying programs for non-first-time home buyers? And then um, to tag on to that, do you, do, what, is, what does it mean to be a first-time home buyer? Could you really be a first-time home buyer if so many years have passed or 
Did I? Yeah. I might have just made that up. Yeah, honestly. That's a good question. No. Yes. Okay. So, like, if you you only can have one first time home, like, so one FHA loan at a time. So you can't say I'm gonna be a first time home buyer and I'm gonna buy this property and then I'm gonna take advantage of that three point five percent and buy another one with that. No. But if you you buy one, cool. You sell it, it's gone. Boom. Now you have the opportunity to use a FHA um, again later. Mm-hmm. Um, but for non-first-time home buyers, yes, like I said, it all depends on what area you're looking at. Um, because they, yeah, they encourage people to buy in their areas too. Okay. okay. That's good. And then, um, what are advantages of using the same realtor for buying and selling? You know what? We actually, um, I, I recommend not doing that. A lot of people do like going with the same listing agent, um, but. As a buyer, you don't have to pay for the services of your realtor. Um, so why not get someone, the, the seller actually pays your commission for finding a buyer. So why not get a person that's going to have your best interest 100%? Um, when you have a, a, a listing agent, if you're working with the seller's agent as, your, as you a buyer, as their agent, then it kind of could be a conflict. It's not illegal. But it's just not recommended because how whose best interests are they going to have at heart? Yeah, Ooh, you know, fifty fifty. You're gonna uh, no. So right. it's it's better to um, have your own, and it's free as a, free. a as a buyer. It's free. You're not paying anything. So have someone that's going to fight for you. That's going to um, encourage you to do the inspection, to get the request, the re repairs to be done, to save you you money and put more money in your pocket. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, so I want to get your thoughts on this one. So this is a comment about married couples. So have one spouse on the deed and loan to get the first time home buyers program and the dream home have the other spouse. So everyone wins. Let me know what you think about that, Brittany, because I'd be like, I need my name on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, is this you know like what? Something that could actually like work. You can do. Yeah, you can do that. Is that is that what you did, Austin? yeah great yeah i but i'm i'm like you shy i want yeah i want my name on everything i watched too many tyler perry movies That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah well Brittany, we one got one more, more? okay then, let's see uh what are challenges of purchasing a home with a partner who is not your spouse i heard home buying it's is easier if you're married you know what Yes, uh, there's definitely challenges, um, especially if like VA loans, you have to put down percentages if um, you're not married. Um, you have to decide how you're going to split the house. Well, you have to decide that anyways. If if someone dies with the plan or, you know, if you get a like won't get a divorce, like if you separate, it, it kind of complicates things a little bit. But you can. It's just a. Your, it's your partner, so yeah, you can do whatever. Partners. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but it's that's a big step <laughs> to purchase with with someone that you're not married to. It's a big step. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, tread with caution on that one. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but if you trust that person, yeah, you can make it make it work. Yeah, and double more double income. Right. Increase your buying power. Use that as a, like we said, a stepping stool um, to get to the next level. Yeah. But make I sure you have everything in writing. Yeah, everything in writing sure. and your agreements down about how you're going to do things. 
That sounds like a prenup without the marriage. <laughs> but that's good you want to be in an agreement and communication is definitely key whether you're married or not yeah right so Brittany, i'm in california and i'm looking to buy or sell a home how do i get in contact with Brittany ramos oh you know what you can call me you could text me you can email me you could dm me <laughs> um my instagram is at close with brit with two t's um, my number is 323-799-7075. Um, you can call me. You can text me anytime. I'm gladly to help you with any of your questions or to help you buy or sell, um, help you link you up with some programs that, that might be beneficial to you. Um, my email, bramos, um, B-R-A-M-O-S at movoto.com, M-O-V-O-T-O.com. Um, yeah, and I'm just here for you, however you want to do it old school yeah send me an email a letter anything yeah i'm here cool cool so we're definitely going to put all that information in every platform that uh show this interview so on the podcast it's going to be in the show notes youtube it'll be in the description uh, so yeah we'll you. definitely do that Brittany. thank you so much this was a great conversation um it was I think fun. we got a lot out of it and i think our listeners and viewers got a lot out of it as well that's yeah, awesome thank you. no thank you too and keep doing what you're doing this is awesome Thanks. all right well thank you Brittany, and to our listeners thank you for checking out the black mary and Defrey podcast we're gonna holler at you all on the next episode Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Merit and Death Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time, I'll let you guys later.